Hello, welcome to Vet Talk, the veterinary podcast. I'm Dr. Nathan. Thanks for listening. This is an informational podcast, and we hope you find it a valuable tool to help you understand veterinary medicine and how to better care for your animals. If you want to contact us, please reach out to theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. You can find a complete list of the podcast episodes on SoundCloud or by going to lickingvalleyvet.com and finding the education page. While you are there, take a look at our blog section for more helpful information. You can also follow Licking Valley Veterinary Hospital's Facebook page if you want regular updates on released podcasts, blogs, and videos. If you find this information helpful, please feel free to make a donation to the continuation of this content. There is a link to do this on the webpage under the podcast list. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope this information is helpful to you. Here we are again, talking about disease in cattle. Today will be a discussion on bovine leukemia virus, BLV. Why is this a crazy disease? Well, it's a virus and it can cause cancer. I mean, how annoying is that double whammy of diseases? Okay, so what is bovine leukemia virus? It's an oncogenic retrovirus that attacks lymphocytes. Lymphocytes are a type of white blood cell in the body that helps fight off things like viruses. Sadly, if you're in the cattle industry, you're going to have to be aware of this disease. It affects both cattle and beef and dairy herds. 89% of dairy operations and 38% of beef operations are dealing with this disease. While I don't have firm numbers local to Kentucky, I do know that before I started practicing, testing for BLV in my practice area was virtually non-existent. Let's talk about what this disease does so we know why this is a problem. Cattle can show signs of this disease anywhere from four to eight years of age, but I certainly see it in older animals too. I rarely see it in young animals because it takes time to do its nasty stuff, so I tend not to even test animals under a year of age for this disease because the disease just isn't going to come back positive. So the bad news is that two-thirds of animals infected won't show any signs of the disease that a producer will pick up on. They just have a positive blood test. However, these animals will still be poor producers. They're going to produce less milk and meat than negative animals because they have a weakened immune system. Studies have shown dairy herds with test positive cows produce 218 kilograms less milk per cow per year than those with no test positive cows. I tell my producers if you have a positive herd it will function fine but instead of selling a cow for 1,000 pounds you will probably be selling it for 950 pounds. About 25 to 30 percent of infected animals show a persistent lymphocytosis on the blood work but the owner still isn't going to pick up on that. Remember I mentioned that this virus can cause a cancer well, 5% of infected cattle will develop the cancerous lymphosarcoma of the disease. The owner tends to pick up on that. What signs does this disease show? Well, as I said, it is a production disease. These animals produce less milk or less meat, and then you have to replace these animals more quickly than you would a healthy animal because of these animals dying before they should. 
Yes, you still may get many years out of these animals, but when they are infected with this disease, it will hurt you in the long run because you're supposed to get even more years out of these animals. Now, what about this tumor, the lymphosarcoma version of the disease? Well, it's not good. I can't treat the tumor. It's just there and can invade anything, so it could be anywhere. So what have I seen the lymphosarcoma tumor cause? Well, let's say the tumor gets in the gut. What do you think it causes there? You guessed it, diarrhea. So when I'm standing there with the farmer, with his cow, and it has chronic diarrhea, and he's saying, is it Yoni's doc? Do I have Yoni's in all my fields? I say, I, I, I don't know. It could be, or it could be bovine leukemia virus, which bovine leukemia virus would be a much better diagnosis. For an explanation of that, take a listen to our podcast episode about yonis. But yes, I see diarrhea, so I have to run a test to advise the farmer. I will give different advice for managing yonis or managing bovine leukemia virus. What else can it cause? Lame cows. I have found many older cows with lameness are positive for BLV. While I never find a tumor, I know BLV can grow anywhere. These tumors can grow on nerves, which affect the muscles and cause a lameness. While the cow is healthy, quote unquote, it is lame and with only three functional legs couldn't have another calf or is in too much misery to be just put out in a field. So often the farmer loses the cow. If it's found in the uterus, cows may not get pregnant. So it may explain why a herd has a low conception rate. Lymphosarcoma can also cause sudden death. The tumors can grow on the heart. You won't be able to see this tumor growing, but when you come out and see a middle to old age cow dead in the field, and it was positive for BLV, if we completed a necropsy, we might find a tumor on the heart, which caused heart failure and death. Well, how does the cow get this then? It is spread by the blood. Well, that's easy, Doc. Let's just not let cows bleed on each other. That's easy, right? Because none of you cattle farmers reuse needles on your cattle like a drug addict might on himself, right? I feel like I should go on a rant here again. Well, other things beside needles can transmit blood. One good transmitter is flies. I went out to a farm once. They had multiple herds in fields that were by each other. Three herds, actually. One herd was unaffected, and this other herd had about 70 animals. When I walked in the field, I saw tons of flies around these animals. It was a bad year for flies. And there were a bunch of cows with scars on their body. And then a bunch of cows that had these large basketball-sized masses on random spots all over their body. We got six cows out of this herd, and I didn't find anything remarkable on the exam except these big basketball-sized masses, which seemed fluid-filled. So, I like poking things with sharp pointy objects. So I found a sharp pointy object and poked it. Thick, chunky pus exploded from all these lesions. Oh my gosh, I was in heaven. As vets, we love draining abscesses. It's rewarding to see the pressure relieved and see the disgusted look on clients' faces. Hey, we aren't paid much as vets. So don't judge. Let us have our pleasure where we can find it. So yeah, to shorten this story, I tested all six animals and they had bovine leukemia. That means the rest of the herd had it too. 
So those random pus-filled spots were not as random as you might think. All those spots were exactly where the cow had lymph nodes. The lymph nodes were reacting and filled with pus. Needless to say, I had to explain fly control to the owner and that those biting flies took blood from one cow and then bit a second cow. It turned out that two-thirds of his large herds were infected with bovine leukemia virus. Because, like I have said before, the insects don't care about property lines or fences. The next conversation was about the cost of testing each animal and that there is no cure for the disease, followed by the fact that the herd could be underproducing for years as he tries to clear this from the herd. Of course, he did not like this. He had to manage it out of his herd. How does one go about doing that? Well, you can test all the animals and remove all the positives. Then, after all that culling, we come back and retest in 90 days. Get rid of any more positives and keep doing this till we have a negative herd. Another downside is even though the cancerous form of the lymphosarcoma can be from bovine leukemia, lymphosarcoma can be sporadic in animals. So you can still get lymphosarcoma even with a negative herd of bovine leukemia virus. But removing the bovine leukemia virus decreases the chances of lymphosarcoma for sure. If you have enough fenced land, you can keep a positive herd far enough away from your negative herd to prevent them from getting the disease. This has to be at least far enough away that flies cannot travel from one field to the other, so this can often be impractical. This disease can go through the milk, but it is harder to transmit, so not my biggest concern. If you want to eliminate that method of transmission, it involves not letting milk from positive animals make it to their calves. You can thankfully slaughter these positive animals for meat, as we can eat the meat, but don't expect a lot of sellable meat from a cow full of a pus-filled lesion. Often, even if there is some good meat, the carcasses are just condemned because there isn't much good there. In reality, many people will just ignore this disease and focus on things that can help them with this disease and other problems, like adequate fly control, and not reusing needles that can transfer blood, or cleaning dehorners between procedures. Also, a benefit of this disease is natural culling techniques of cattle that are not as high producing as others may also get animals that are positive for the disease and remove them from the herd just because these are likely the animals that are not producing well. So there is some limitation that normal cattle producers can do just by managing a good herd. So let's circle back. Why is it bad that no one has tested for this disease in my area? Well, we said 89% of dairy farms have this in their herds and 38% of beef operations. That's the actual farms. When it shakes down, it's more 44% of dairy cattle have the disease and 10% of beef cattle have the disease. Well, that data is off tested numbers. If no one is tested, there is no way to know the disease is running rampant. There's no way to identify and remove these infected animals, except by luck of natural culling that happens in a herd. So even though I haven't calculated the specific numbers for my practice, my gut feeling is that the numbers in untested regions are higher than th those national numbers I mentioned above. Because the disease has been able to grow unknown in the shadows. 
Most of my clients don't know about bovine leukemia, so they don't know the signs and problems that come with it. So how are they going to identify and remove it? Remember, only 5% of this disease turns into the, the lymphosarcoma, which is identifiable by clients. So those are the animals they're most likely to remove without even knowing about this disease. We still have a lot more positive animals that are spreading the infection in the herd that won't show enough signs for the owner to notice. So, like in my area, if they haven't been testing for this disease for the past 40 years, it's doubtful that normal culling practice will get rid of it. So that means the disease has 40 years to infiltrate into cattle herds. I compared this data to all the cases reported in Kentucky. I saw 54% of Kentucky counties with zero cows reporting bovine leukemia virus since data was started to be tabulated in 2013. This isn't because the cases are not there. I'm sure of it. It's because no one is finding these cases because they aren't testing. Like I said, this disease does not care about fence lines, and some of these counties with zero cases are right next to me. So why aren't people testing? Well, maybe they don't know to test for the disease. A lot of my clients have never heard of it before I mention it. Like I said, I test more than my large animal predecessors. I use sentinel animals. For example, I go out for a sick cow. I say, let's do a blood test on some serum for three things, yonis, bovine leukemia virus, and anaplasma. You want to know if these diseases are in your herd. So I'm not testing every animal I see but I'm counting on the sick ones to be an indicator for if these diseases are in the herd. Maybe people aren't testing because they wouldn't want to follow through with management protocols afterwards. And if you aren't going to fix your herd, what does it matter knowing if your herd has it? Well, to a point, I feel like it does. I know I've smacked my head against the wall a few times when producers have BLV and aren't doing anything about it, but then tell me they're having issues related to BLV and want me to be able to fix it. I can't. Also, to my point, I feel like if you have a cattle herd, you should get rid of this. Because even though it's not as bad as yonis or anaplasma, it still is something that can transmit to other animals. So if you are selling animals or renting a bull, it is irresponsible to potentially transmit this to other herds and not very neighborly if you think about it. Because remember, this doesn't care about property lines. If someone is trying to maintain a negative herd next to your positive herd, they won't be able to. And by your inactivity, you are actively hurting your neighbor. This is a disease that we don't want in our herds. Is it the end all of diseases? No. So compared to yonis or compared to anaplasma, I would rather get this disease because we can manage it. But is it a good disease? No, not at all. When you buy cattle, have documented proof that these cattle are negative for this disease. You can ask for that when you're buying a cow, and if the owner can't present it, maybe you need to find another seller. If you have this in your herd, make it a goal to eliminate it from your herd to protect you and your neighbor's profits. If your cattle are healthy, they will live long and prosper for you so you can have a peaceful, long life. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nathan. 
I hope this information was helpful to you and gives you a little more perspective on the world. If you want to reach out to us, email us at theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell your friends about our podcast and check out LickingValleyVet.com for information on blogs, videos, and the complete list of podcasts in our education section. Thank you.